the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program may contain pre-recorded material. Actually, uh, it, it does not happen. If the implication is the host, there might be anything pre-recorded. I am live, ladies and gentlemen. I can prove it to you. I will give you today's date. It is the last day of August, which is the eighth month of the year. Every year, the 31st is the last day of August. And that is true this year as well. All right, is that good? It's the last day of PragerU's fundraising. You, I, I, from the bottom of my heart and my mind, you made PragerU possible. My listeners, you were the first contributors. And it's become the largest non-left video site on earth. And I know that because I speak around the earth. And I meet young people everywhere in the world who are touched. You know how big the battle is? Here's an example. Australia is on lockdown again. Nothing, Nothing happens. No commerce, basically. And most Australians are for it. The Australians have gone from one of the most fighting peoples on earth our magnificent allies in World War One, World War Two, and and Korea and Vietnam, to a nation of wimps, sweet wimps. I love visiting Australia; very friendly people, and their guts have been cut out from them. Same with New Zealand, I presume. Where is the uh, the article today on? Uh, There we go. Where where is it printed now? City Journal? God, the great City Journal. No liberty, no problem. Australians shrug at their government's draconian pandemic response. Who who's left with loving liberty? Swedes? I'm not I'm not the Israelis don't. The Americans don't. Although a good chunk of Americans do. We 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 haven't seen the end of the fight in this country with regard to uh, uh, tyranny. Now, you'll say tyranny's fine because it's the name of health. There's always, uh, there's always a name. Tell me a tyrant that has not had a noble cause in the name through which he or she, well, it's almost always a he, became a tyrant. Does anybody say, I, we are going to impose a tyranny in this country for the sake of tyranny? No. It doesn't happen. There's always a cause. There's no medical foundation for this. And if there, to the extent that there is, it has to be permanent. I don't, I don't see any possibility of there being anything going on in Australia for the foreseeable future. Because as soon as there is one, I mean one, person with COVID, well, that's one too many. The old fraud himself, Andrew Cuomo 
That was his big deal, remember? Uh, if I have saved one life with everything I have done, I will sleep well at night. Riot police firing rubber bullets into lockdown protesters. Rescue dogs being shot to prevent volunteers traveling to collect them. Nighttime curfews and one hour of exercise per day. Five kilometer, you know what five kilometers is? Let's see, five kilometers, about three miles. Travel limits. Soldiers patrolling suburbs to enforce lockdowns. Health bureaucrats advising the citizenry not to stop and talk to their neighbors while walking their dog. They were, remember the women who were arrested for talking in the dog, dog park? While wearing masks, of course, of course. What the hell is happening down under? Who wrote this piece, by the way? I don't know this. Arthur Trenkoff. I only know City Journal. Truly important journal. Who runs who runs that? Is that's the Manhattan Institute? Who runs the Manhattan Institute, do you know? Yeah. Who? Um Raheem. All right. Yeah. Well, you got it for me. He's done a pretty good video. What the hell is happening down under? Totalitarianism, says Tucker Carlson. Australia has lost its collective mind, according to Ben Shapiro. If we invade Australia, we will be greeted as liberators. Oh. <laughs> that's a great line, argues. Uh, Jack Posobiec has COVID nineteen really turned into one of the world's oldest as turned one of the world's oldest democracies into a dystopian health dictatorship, as my Polish grandmother used to say, things are rarely as good or as bad as they appear. Australia has been the victim of both its success and its failure in tackling COVID. At just under one thousand deaths, Australia has had the second lowest mortality among the OECD countries after New Zealand. It helps, of course, to be an island nation. The border remains closed today, with permits required to come to Australia issued in limited numbers and limited circumstances. And to leave it, the few arrivals are subject to a 14-day quarantine. In addition, state governments have, from the outset, reacted with hard lockdowns and closures of their own borders. Flattening the curve was so successful, it prompted the transition to the elimination of zero COVID strategy. So today, a mere handful of new cases is enough to send a state capital city with a multi-million population or even an entire state into lockdown in, in an attempt to contain and suppress the outbreak. Yep. To those, here's the key. To those half-jokingly tweeting about invading and liberating Australia, I have some bad news. Australia does not want to be liberated. Strong majorities support the health, the harsh measures. Several state elections over this time have seen incumbents comfortably re-elected on platforms of acting tough against COVID. Wow. Their message... Those advocating a lighter touch want to kill your grandma. Well, I'm a grandpa, and I prefer liberty to perfect safety. Okay? So I don't qualify to be an Australian. I do qualify to be a Democrat.
No, excuse me. I don't qualify to be a Democrat either. That was, I knew I said something wrong. Melbourne has been hard lockdown for more than 200 days so far. Polling suggests only a small dip in support, not nearly enough to unseat the administration. The consensus can be distilled in the following. Look at the rest of the world. Our government has kept us safe so far. We can't allow what has happened in the United States or Europe to happen here. There we go. I'm not going to read you the rest. Maybe I will later. Liberty, as Dennis Prager has often said, is a value, not an instinct. People prefer so many things to liberty. Liberty is not even in the top ten. Maybe exaggerated. Might be the bottom half of the top ten. That's an interesting exercise. What values are more important to a lot of people than liberty? The one that I always cite is being taken care of. Right? That's, That's number one. That's what the Israelites wanted in the desert. They got out of Egypt, hundreds of years of slavery, and within months, weeks, maybe days, were already complaining that they preferred the food in Egypt. I mean, think, think of what a slave gets in, uh, or a slave got in Egypt, some slaves got in America, obviously room and board. Uh, the medical care, to the extent that medical care even existed before modern medicine. After all, not not out of kindness necessarily, just out of not wanting to lose one's investment. I see it a little bit differently. You do? Just a little. So, so give, give him the mic. Give him the mic. He, he has a, a different take here. I agree with you. Hold on. Not on. Go on again. I agree with you. Okay, we're, we're having a problem here. Okay, we try it again. I agree with your assessment, but uh, I see it slightly differently. It's, it's, um, I think you can sum up the human condition in this way. The number one desire for human beings is security, and the number two is liberty. And there's this eternal tension between the two they're very close and very far so the 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 israelites were liberated from egypt so they all right we'll continue in a moment hi dennis prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain of course i want you to know about relief factor the 100 percent drug free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks... I found that I could climb stairs pain-free, but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It's the last day of August, the last day of our fundraising for PragerU. PragerU.com, 833-PRAGERU. Whatever you give today will be tripled. We have donors who have made that promise. So it's a big deal. Or you just click on the banner at DennisPrager.com. So I was telling you about Australia, reading to you this uh, frightening piece about the dystopian Australians, nearly all supportive of a general lockdown. I mean, a lockdown the likes of which actually did not exist in the Soviet Union. In the Soviet Union, you were allowed to stay outside all you wanted. You were allowed to talk to people on the street. I know the Soviet Union very well. There, except for what you can say to your fellow family members, there is less freedom in Australia today than there was in the Soviet Union. That's measurable in terms of what you can do or what you cannot do. You cannot leave Australia. You could not leave the Soviet Union. Another example. But in the Soviet Union, you were allowed to go more than three miles from your house. But if you say we're saving lives, then people bow down. Oh, that's great. I don't give a damn about liberty. I want to say save lives, save grandma. And if you have the attitude that the New Zealand Prime Minister has, all truth comes from the government. Remember, do we have that line, Sean, the, the Prime Minister of, uh, of New Zealand? One of the great, truly great lines in my Hall of Fame citations that I play for you. If it doesn't come from the government, it's not true. Well, that's what she said. And most New Zealanders believe it. The state, the all-powerful, all-knowing state, People question God more than they question the, the... Religious people question God more than secular people question the government. There's one to keep. You can trust us as a source of that information. Uh, you can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. COVID19.govt.nz Otherwise, dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. Single source we'll of truth. Everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. If you don't hear it from us, it is not the truth. And most New Zealanders believe that. So I was saying that liberty is not the, uh, the highest value for most people and that being taken care of is one of them and health is another. So the living martyr wanted to, to offer his thoughts, uh, which vary from this. So here we go. They vary only slightly. So I, my contention is that security is the number one desire and freedom is the number two desire and that they live in eternal tension they're not 
very far from what it's not like a list i don't think is there's a list of 10 things and then there's freedom or seven things and then there's freedom i think freedom is very high on the list but freedom requires discipline freedom requires rules and therefore requires work and that makes it less attractive than security which requires nothing but submission So security is for the lazy, and freedom is for the more active. The irony with Australians, we always think of Australians as being this, these en- energetic, independent people. That's kind of their reputation, but now that's really in question. All right, we, we don't really differ. So uh, we're... Do you know of any country today, does anything come to mind as people who are placing liberty first? Well, I I believe the U.S. is placing liberty first. I believe that. I I think there are more people who cherish liberty in the U.S. over security. Their, Their voices are not being heard right now, but they may be heard soon. In what way will they be heard? In election? Yeah, in election. I mean, look, we encounter it all the time at PragerU. I mean, it's a big country. There are 340 million people, whatever the number is. And I think most of those people still cherish their freedom. They're just under a lot of pressure not to talk about it. I mean, there are a lot. This is sort of the. something that. Rod Dreher talks about this difference between soft totalitarianism and hard totalitarianism. There are a lot of temptations in the soft direction. Australia is not soft. That was our belief. We're not so sure now. No, no, it's not so. It's it's totalitarianism is not. Oh yes, no, you're right. It's it's absolutely not. That's what's so shocking. Yes, exactly. Okay, thank you. Well said. It's an interesting question. Did I see this coming? I, I, I often see things coming. Like I, I predicted decades ago that male and female were, were being uh, obliterated. And, of course, I opposed consistently and again in my column, leaving Afghanistan. One of the, two spectacular errors, in my opinion, leaving and the way it was done. We lost uh, more servicemen and women on one day last week than in any one day in, I think, seven years, was it? I think 20, uh, 2014. But this I did not see. The willingness of Americans in any number to accept this, let alone Australians and others. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you about an interesting supplement 
that has made a big deal in my life. I had the, the pins and needles feeling in my feet. I've had it for about 25 years. It got quite intense. So among the things I did is I had inserts put in, which helped because it lifted the bone from the nerve. And I threw away the inserts last year after I started taking Nerve Renew. I read about Nerve Renew on the internet, and so I tried it out. And amazingly, after about a year, it doesn't happen overnight, I got rid of the inserts I had worn for 10 years. It's minimal, the uh, the pins and needles effect that I have. I'd like you to try it out. Go to NerveRenew.com. They offer two-week trial of their product and a one-year money-back guarantee at NerveRenew.com or your two-week trial now. I asked them to advertise. That's how effective I think the product is. NerveRenew.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. The obsequious obedience to authority taking place in Australia and in half of the United States is not only with regard to COVID, it is also with regard to our schools. They tell your children that they live in a scumbag country and you send them there and do nothing about it. In most cases, sweet, nice, America-loving parents send their children to a hate America institution and most do nothing, absolutely nothing. Okay? That's a fact, not an opinion. Some fight. I have a fighter on the uh, line. She is a, uh, a parent of kids going to school, an Orange County, California mom. Andrea Dustin, I want to hear her story and the role Prager U has played in it. Andrea, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Dennis. Tell us your story. Well, we moved to California almost seven years ago now. From where? My kids are very young. Where'd you move? Um, From Utah. Why would you do that? (laughs) My husband got a job opportunity uh, down here, and so we looked at the weather and thought it might be a good move to make. Did the moving company pay you? Yes. You're yeah, I, I mean, it was it was a great deal for us. Um, we were able to purchase a home down here, and you know, living in Orange County is a lot different than living in LA or San Francisco. It's kind of a little conservative pocket, and we really love where we live. We love our neighbors and a lot of like-minded folks around where we live. Great, good. I believe that. Go ahead. So, uh, as you know, my kids were small, not yet in school. Uh, and my, you know, as my kids are coming up and, and starting to get into school, uh, I caught wind of our school district's sex education. And a little bit of my background, I have a master's in education and school counseling. And so I received that degree and, and did my internship while I was pregnant with my daughter. And when I had her, I decided to stay at home, which is the best decision I've ever made. Um, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. But I have this background in education, and so I was being sent uh, the curriculum from that our school district was trying to ad- adopt. They were trying to vote on it for the school board, and it was called Teen Talk. And as I looked through it, it read more like a, you know, a sexually explicit novel than it did a sex education, and I I was horrified by it. So I started talking to. Forgive me, Andrea. For for what age? <laughs> for 
middle school, Dennis, for 11 and 12 year olds. Okay, go on. And and so uh, I I started networking and I met with a woman named Debbie, Debbie Stapley and she was already kind of in on it and she told me that you know we need to write the school board we need you know we need to really fight against this. They her and uh, two other people, Skip Hellwell and Shalom Mormon, had been fighting the school school board against the dress code, and so they kind of you know knew how to to get in and you know knew how to contact them and, and uh, kind of put up a bulwark against this because it was, it was such a terrible curriculum. And so I wrote in to the school board and they decided to do a parent task force for the sex ed curriculum. And so um, all four of us were a part of that. And then we decided to kind of, well, Debbie found an organization called United Parents. And so we started getting email addresses from people and then we started organizing talks and we went I went around Orange County and gave speeches to people I had a PowerPoint presentation talking about the sex education law how it became law what it entails and you know a lot of the problem was is that parents had no idea how bad the law was I mean the curriculum is bad but the law was was just as awful and uh anyway when I dug into it to do this PowerPoint was educating people about it I found how deep the, I don't know, the corruption went. So, I mean, it, it starts obviously with the California Department of Education. I mean, they're all, all of these people are activists, all the people who work in education on the state level and then even on the local level, which I was sad to find, like in our local school district. So even though I live in South Orange County, which is probably the most conservative pocket in almost any coastal city in the United States, we have staff members in our own school district who are very left-leaning, who have an agenda, who want to implement, you know, certain curriculums because they obviously want to indoctrinate children. And so, you know, I found out that all of these, the curricula that the California Department of Education recommended for schools to adopt to this new law that was passed were reviewed by an organization called ASHWIG. And all the board members on ASHWIG were from Planned Parenthood, from the ACLU. Unbelievable. All right, stay, stay with that point. Your story is very important. How to do something about what your children are being taught. A lot, lot to say. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. My friends, I'm Dennis Prager. Andrea Dustin has a master's in education. I have no idea why she does. Maybe she'll explain that. But she, um, infinitely more importantly, is a stay-at-home mother, and she has battled what goes on 
in her school district. To summarize, she lives in the most conservative part of a conservative district in Southern California. Yes, there are conservative districts in Southern California. And she nevertheless notes that the school board, the school district is run by leftists. Her particular battle was with the premature sexualization of kids, something I have talked about my entire life, well before I ever heard of COVID, and uh, before I ever heard of a critical race theory. So go ahead. So you, you find out how deep the leftist rot is in the education system. Go on. Yes. Yeah, so essentially, Planned Parenthood is teaching your kids sex education. And and that is terrifying. These people want your daughters to have an abortion. And if you if you think that's, you know, some kind of right-wing rhetoric, you're wrong. Because I've seen the way these people op- operate and the way they infiltrate every aspect of education in the system from the frameworks that, you know, are in the educational system, you know, what they write curriculum off of for the entire state to local school boards. And, you know, it's not confined to Planned Parenthood. The ACLU has a similar mission. And, you know, it's that that abortion advocacy. I mean, these people brag about it. They're excited that they've expanded abortion access. And they want that to be a part of your child's sex education. So, you know, on a moral level, I object to that vehemently. And then the gender theory, which we know is about as scientific as teaching your children that the earth is flat. And that that's something that's really going to have an impact. Um, I, I just read Abigail Schreier's book mm-hmm. um, on rapid onset gender dysphoria, and it is it's a travesty what's happening. And it's, it is going to affect your kids in school, uh, especially because the way the law was written in California means you cannot opt your kid out. While you can't opt your kid out of sex ed, you cannot opt your kid out of anything mm-hmm. regarding gender that. or sexual orientation. Right. So what did you finally do? So we, we, we worked with the, with the district, and we kind of came to this conclusion that the reason why so many parents object to this, obviously, is it's, it's, it's a values. I mean, sex is a value, and we all have our own values around sex. And so the district kind of hodgepodge together a curriculum from different parts. I mean, they, they had to put something on the table or else the ACLU was threatening to sue them. They had lawyers. They were threatening lawsuits. An ACLU representative spoke at the school board meeting despite strong public objection to the curriculum as a whole was passed by the school board and you know one thing that people don't know about school boards is that they're elected by teachers unions teachers unions are also leftists as we've seen with the closures with with covid and everything and so it's it's all kind of stacked against you but we were able to win and that we got a a parental component to it and that we made it so that uh parents are notified ahead of time and have ample opportunity to so are your kids still in school Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, why are you laughing? Because I know I, I I listen to you, Dennis, and I know I mean I I have grappled with pulling my kids from this educational system, and I watch it really closely. Uh, I the elementary that my kids go to and their teachers, I know personally. I talk to no, them. No, look, if if I you trust them. the school, I I don't have a problem with kids going to school where the school is trustworthy to actually teach and not indoctrinate. 
So right. I don't, I don't have an issue. It. So tell me, I'm curious because uh, Alan told me that you've used uh, PragerU materials, and is, is that true? Uh, yes. So Prager, PragerU, what it did. So I mean, we were able to get one school board official elected, you know, that was on on our side, that was kind of a bulwark, and that helped the most. And for me, when PragerU launched your kids, when you launched your prep program. I was on it immediately. I got the email and I, I clicked right away. I joined and I joined the Facebook group. And so that's what's so helpful in all this because with all that I did, I, Dennis, I have spent hours of my life researching and finding out things and, and trying to help my kids navigate these waters because we are up against a really powerful force and a powerful army. And it's so lonely. And what's so hard about it is that I see it and it terrifies me that so many children are going to be indoctrinated this way and, and are grown to think these things or, or think this way about life or sexuality. And then, you know, with CRT coming down the pipeline, think that they're somehow other because they're white or they're black or to look at people because of the color of their skin. All of that is, is, is so detrimental to us as a society. And where Prager U comes in, with the the prep content it's just been invaluable for me because you have all of these other like-minded people that care because so many people just kind of sit back and think well, i don't have the energy to do that i'm barely making it on my own but i think we've got to do something we have to fight back and and without tools and resources to do that it's a really lonely battle and so at least for me and you know and i mentioned those those three other um, individuals that I worked with in United Parents because they were older. Their kids are grown. They have grandkids and they were spending their time to fight against sex ed because they knew it was the right thing to do because they cared about future generations. Right. All right. Let me leave it at there. You're, you're a terrific. Help us. Uh, this is the final day of August, final day of uh, fundraising for PragerU. There's a parent that uses prep. Prep is PragerU resources for educators and parents. And you know what the great bonus is? You meet kindred spirits. Without kindred spirits, you can't fight. You can't be happy. It's the key. So join that if you have kids. And in the meantime, help us out at PragerU. Anything you give today will be tripled. Thank you so much, Andrea. We still have a fighting spirit in this country. America's not over yet. It's important for you to know that. We return. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi there, everybody. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Lakewood, California, and Anna, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Dennis. Mm-hmm. Great, great man. So, so glad to be able to have you influence my life. Thank you. Yes. So, yes. You there? Yeah, I am. I'm just, I'm, I'm listening to your emotions. Oh. So tell me why you're so uh, emotional right now. Uh, okay. You know, I come from a, a Jewish mother 
and a an atheist father. And my mother, she uh, she left her Jewish family, so she um, left her kind of religious ways to be with my father. And we we lived in a non secular, well, a non secular way, almost a religious hating way. We really did. We grew up religious hating, to be honest. Anyway, in the last couple of years, I've had I've been real. I've had my eyes open to a lot of things. Anyway, in this last year of my daughter being uh, uh, on school, virtual school lockdown, I was able to witness actually what the Planned Parenthood agenda teachings they were actually giving to my daughter in print. I actually saw, as I looked over my daughter's shoulder, I saw that they gave her an exercise called the red light, green light exercise of how to deal with promiscuous or non-promiscuous situations, I guess. I can't remember. I took a screenshot picture of it. Anyhow, when you look at the when you look at the black and white print of list of things to do in this red light, green light activity, you look in it. First choice is go bowling. Second choice was anal sex. So... At that point, I was shocked that that my 12-year-old was seeing this. My 12-year-old daughter, I mean, I thought, wait, what? The, uh, the agenda of the left is to rob every child of innocence. Everything about the left is sick. Everything. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.